It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Welcome to the 19th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio and BGNRadio.com. I'm Jack Fritz, and it is day 10 post-Carson. And I tell you what, the sun seems to be shining a little bit brighter. The flowers seem to smell a bit nicer. I'm feeling better. Uh, I, I, were you guys worried that there was ever going to be another episode of Counterpoint? Because if you listen to the last episode... I definitely don't blame you because it was a pretty dark episode. Um, but I think it was a it was a necessary episode. Um, it's day ten post Carson, and everything's starting to feel a little bit better. Uh, but as always, there's still a dark cloud of fear hanging over me at all times, and we're really just surviving one day at a time. <laughs> That's pretty much where we're at ten days post Carson. Uh, and I think that's how we're kind of viewing this Eagles team right now. Um, you know, they went into New York last weekend off of uh, two straight road games, and this will be the third in a row, uh, just being on the road a lot. And the Eagles won the game. And I just think that we've all changed our expectations for this Eagles team. And it sucks that we've gotten to that point, but unfortunately we are. Like, I... I don't understand how how people are are really fully in on this team winning the Super Bowl. Like, of course, 
we're all rooting for the Eagles in the Super Bowl, but it's just it's just not super realistic. Like I think I think they can win a playoff game, and I think Foles is good enough to win a playoff game. But I think there's a very direct formula to winning a Super Bowl with an average quarterback, and that's having an all-time defense. And if I'm being honest with you, uh, I'm a, I'm a little worried about that Eagles defense. So um, you know, the Super Bowl talk is, a, is is still a bit much for me. I can't like I think we're all just blindly being like, yeah, no, we can do it. Yeah, f- fuck it. I, I I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not gonna rain on your parade. Like for some reason. I was raining on people's parade in the last podcast the night of Carson Wentz tearing his ACL and being done for the whole entire year and time and the Eagles had a chance to win the Super Bowl. Like I don't I don't understand the correlation. Like how were people not morbidly depressed after that? I won't I won't rehash that night. It's day 10 post Carson and we're trying to move on. And I think we're we're all slowly in the moving on phase. Um the first 7 days I think were really hard. And just like I woke up on Sunday morning before the before the game, and I was saying to myself, I can't believe Nick Foles is our starting quarterback again. And I think Nick Foles played well. I think Nick Foles played a, a fine football game, and I think he can be capable of playing a fine football game. But if we're looking at that game honestly, he also left some plays in the field that Carson makes. So it's a double-edged sword. I think he's good enough to make plays and not turn the ball over, hopefully. And be a leader for this team. I tell you what, I was more in on Nick Foles when after they, I think it was he led the first touchdown drive, came off the field. No, no, it was after uh, Darby forced a turnover and then the Eagles scored a touchdown. Foles went right over to everyone on the sideline and was getting them pumped up. He was talking to defense, saying how proud he was of them. Like That's what you need. That's what you need out of Nicky Six. And I'm I'm hesitant to bring out a Nick Foles semi-chub meter. Because, I mean, first off, if we're being honest, a Nick Foles semi-chub meter, you might have some problems with, with, with big big dick Nick. But a semi-chub it might cause problems. So I don't want to do that. Also, I'm tentative to throw out the semi-chub meter after what happened to Carson because not two weeks after I brought out the semi-chub meter with Carson, he was done for the year. And if we lose Nick Foles... And I can't believe I'm saying this, but the season's over. <laughs> the season's beyond over if we lose Nick Foles and, and Nate Sudfeld is our is our quarterback. So I'm not going to bring out the Nick Foles semi-chub meter because one, it's dangerous, and two, it's also dangerous. <laughs> um, but him doing that kind of stuff, I think, is important going forward. And I think Foles played Foles played a good game, and. I don't know how much you can really take away from it because it's still the Giants, and I don't want to be fully in really until he wins the play. If he, if he wins a playoff game, I will go from from not believing they can win the Super Bowl to they're the Super Bowl favorites very quickly. So be so be unaware of that. I'm sure we all will. Like we'll all get to that point as well. But but um, so the Eagles beat the Giants, and I tell you what, like it, what did, what an embarrassing franchise the Giants are right now. Like. Eli started 210 straight games, and then you let some hack coach, Ben McAdoo, just bench him to ruin that streak, and then you just bring him back out the week after. And like it's such a it's such a colossal fuck up for a guy that was so important to your franchise. It's 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 comical, and Ben McAdoo lost his job. Jerry Reese lost his job. I mean, the owner is taking blame for it. It's just 
Like, and then, and then they come out on the field on Sunday, and they lose. And they, first off, they had to go silent count in the fourth quarter in their home stadium because the Eagles fans were so loud. That is an absolute embarrassment. All of the headlines in New York Post and in the New York Times, all the daily news, whatever it is up there, they were all just like, the Eagles fans took over our stadium and there's nothing we could do about it. The, the Eagles fans have taken over more stadiums this year than I can ever remember. And maybe it's because they're going to places like L.A. where there's not really a great football population or they're going up the turnpike to a to a bad Giants team. But like for such a proud franchise as Tom 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 is it Tom Brenneman kept bringing up on Sunday and the fucking oh my god if I heard giant pride one more time the TV was getting thrown out um and for all the giant pride uh none of their fans showed up and the Eagles fans drowned out their team in the fourth quarter and forced them into an offsides that completely changed the ball game like keep talking shit on Eagles fans all of you national media folk because it's they're really not aging well at all so uh the Eagles beat the Giants and like it's it's hard to take too much of it because the Giants are bad and the Eagles came out flat and it really felt like the defense was trying to make up for for some of uh they're trying to all trying to make home run plays the Giants are so bad at 2 and 11 and they were all overpressing and they were biting on all these fakes but like the one thing I'm super worried about is the loss of Jordan Hicks. And I think the loss of Jordan Hicks is starting to rear its ugly head because it's forcing Malcolm Jenkins into the, into the box more and more, which I don't love Malcolm Jenkins down there, uh, to say the least. I don't like him basically being a suede linebacker slash nickel linebacker, whatever, all that stuff. Um, because he's just like, he's just not that great in coverage. And it's not like he's a big threat in the run stop game. Like he's fine at run stopping for a safety but he's at his best playing safety. So I think that like the Jordan Hicks trickle down effect is starting to, to really hurt this team. And you have, you have Hicks being out. You have forces Jenkins down It forces McLeod to, to either have single high safety coverage or it's with Corey Graham, which is just not two things that you really want. I think McLeod is only really at his best with, with Malcolm Jenkins back there. And plus Jordan Hicks can cover tight ends. He pretty much clogs up the middle of the field. Like he just does everything for the Eagles. Not everything, but he's a major part of the Eagles defense. And I think teams are starting to figure it out at the same time. I'm not going to go too overboard in the defense, but I think it's a, I think we, we, we overrated them at the beginning of the season a little bit too much. And I think they're, they're a good defense, but in order for this team to win the Super Bowl, they need to be an all time defense to pair with, with an average quarterback. I mean, that's just where I'm really at with this defense. However, this offense doesn't miss a beat with Doug Peterson. And I tell you what, I don't know if there's a take that is aging as poorly as Mike Lombardi saying that uh, Doug Peterson is the least qualified head coach in, in NFL history. I mean, talk about, talk about a, a, a horrible take. Just an absolutely horrible take that is going absolutely nowhere. Um, Doug Peterson's offense, and I guess I'll just... Before I get into the offense, the Doug Peterson confidence meter is up to around 87%. And I said I wasn't going to move it up, but that was with Carson Wentz. And I said they weren't going to move it up until he won a playoff game. But he just he just implemented Nick Foles into the offense 
and he threw for four touchdowns and looks unstoppable in the red zone. Um, you know, the running game was hit or miss on Sunday, but just the fact that he could just put in Nick Foles and almost feel like the offense didn't miss the beat, miss a beat, has to bring it up to at least two two percentage points. He's going to the backup quarterback. And I know you could probably start on like five teams, but still he's back a quarterback. And the fact that Doug, this offense is on pace to be one of the top 20 offenses of all time with Doug Peterson as, as the main coordinator of it. So yes, even though we may lose John D. Filippo in the offseason, Frank Reich may get, may get some looks. The fact that we're not losing Doug Peterson is, is so important to the future of this team and who who thought we'd be saying that before the season? Like we cannot lose Doug Peterson. We won't lose Doug Peterson because he's a head coach and he's where he wants to be. I'm just saying that's a really important thing. Like the, the Falcons lost uh, Kyle Shanahan and their offense went to shit. And we're not gonna have the same problem with Doug Peterson. Now I think when they lose John DeFilippo, it's gonna be a little different. Also, all of this begs the question: Is Carson a system quarterback? Dramatic pause. I'm just kidding. He's not a system quarterback, but. I think it's a QB-friendly system that he thrives in. Um, and I think it, it, it's definitely one that makes quarterbacks look really, really good. It's just that Carson has taken it to the next level. And it makes Nick Foles look good. Like, Nick Foles, once he <laughs> once he was in Jeff Fisher's offense, wasn't exactly the same. But in a QB-friendly offense, Foles is a fine player. And I'm being honest, he's. It, I think, mm, is, it trust, is it trust tree time? It feels like trust tree time. Foles is no longer my biggest worry. What? I know. If you listen to the podcast after the game on Monday night or after the after the game 10 days ago, uh, you probably thought that that was never going to come out of my mouth. But I'm worried about the defense. The defense is now is now my biggest worry. And it's only my biggest worry because I think you can win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. But you can't win a Super Bowl with a backup slash average quarterback with a average with a good defense. And like I said before, the Hicks injury I think is is starting to to rear its ugly head a little bit. But I'll tell you this: I may be worried about the defense, and I think it's fair to be a little bit concerned about the defense on the Seagulls team. But you know, it's not the problem. The fact that they did the electric slide a fucking month ago. So the hashtag 100 take of the week goes out to all of you dipshits that were seriously. Now, this you don't you may not follow the same people that I follow, but there was dipshits out there that were tweeting out. Maybe if they something to the effect of maybe if they weren't doing the electric slide, they wouldn't be having this defensive struggle like that matters. It was a fucking month ago. Do you really think, like, uh, like honestly, when you when you press send on that tweet, did you say this is a good point? Did you say, you know what, this is this is a rational thing to say? Now we understand we get a little bit irrational, but are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Maybe they'd be doing better if they didn't do the electric slide. If they're more focused on doing the electric slide, oh, oh. <laughs> Like that was a the ha, the hashtag hunter takes because it's takes of the week goes to goes to those people because you are embarrassing. Now speaking of rational, um, <laughs> I'm worried about the doctor that did Carson Wentz's knee knee procedure. Now 
of course, I'm naturally going to be worried about it because it's Carson and you're just always worried about your children. But first off, I don't trust anyone from Pittsburgh. Why would you why would you send it to a second rate city in the middle of nowhere? I I don't I don't I don't trust. I don't trust the people of Pittsburgh to operate on my quarterback's knee. I mean Ben Roethlisberger is always banged up. I think that coincides with having poor doctors? I don't know. But if you saw a photo of this guy, I think you'd be a little bit worried too because he looks like he's ripe to mangle up a knee. Ripe to mess up a possible PA Super Bowl. The 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 Pittsburgh team doctor. If you, his name is Doctor James Bradley, and you need to look him up on 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 the Google because the picture I'm looking at is it it looks like a guy who pounds a six pack of of Budweiser pounders and then decides to operate on some knees. Am I a little bit worried? Of course I'm worried. I'm worried one because it's Carson, and number two because this guy looks like he likes slugging back some cold ones. Before operating on my franchise quarterback needs. I'm also nervous because they seem to do it really quickly after after uh, the injury. And supposedly he had some IT band problems. And like Jonesy, Keith Jones, who works here, was like a little surprised with how quickly they did it. Because usually it takes a little while for that swelling to go down so they know exactly what they're doing. But I think Carson is such a monster and such a guy that just wants to get back to rehab as fast as possible that I feel like he might've been like, yeah, no, I work out. I'm just going to get in there and do it. And that worries me. And it worries me that, that like Jeff would sign off on that. Like understanding when I get Carson back out there, you want to take him for his word as, as best as you can. But we're just rushing this guy back into a rehab of, of your franchise quarterback. Like this is not some average Joe player that you're dealing with here. You're dealing with Carson Wentz. Okay. The guy who is supposed to lead your franchise for the next 15 years. And, because you rushed it an extra week or two just because he can he can get back to rehab process, get back to the rehab process, that doesn't exactly sit well with me, <laughs> like, at all. Uh, and I just feel like everyone's kind of just glossed over the fact that he was in there, like, three days, uh, two days after uh, tearing, tearing his ACL, having LCL damage, um, having a meniscus, torn meniscus, and IT ba- a partially torn IT band. Like that's a major shit going on your knee, and there's no way it was all it was all swollen down. The swelling was all down by the time they did the surgery, and they're just gonna rush in there and, and mess around with it just so he can get back on the field like five days earlier, or get back on the get back into rehab five days. Like I just I I don't get that at all. I don't get that at all, and I think it's a bit terrifying that he's like we're letting Carson dictate all of this. I I love Carson and I love the tenacity, but you have to be smart here. You have to you have to you have to take the best route to get back as healthy as possible but before as fast as possible. You're probably gonna miss nine months. You need to be perfectly healthy before you go back. And we're sending to a guy who slings back the old cold ones a little too hard. Uh I'm definitely a little bit worried. hundred percent worried. That's something I'm more worried about. I'm worried about the defense. I'm not worried about them struggling because they were doing an electric slide a month ago, like some dipshits out there, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little worried about the knee procedure and how all of that went down, especially with how the Sixers have handled Joel Embiid. I'll try not to bring the Sixers on this podcast again because I realize there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who really aren't from the Philadelphia area. Um, but yeah, like the knee. I'm going to try to just put this whole knee thing out of my brain until like eight months from now, and Carson looks fine. But right now, I mean, 
there's something a little bit fishy there, and I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. All right, let's check the the mailbag. But before I check the mailbag, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed in my in my trust tree members. You know, I don't want to rip you. I love all the fans of this podcast. I love all of my listeners. But I got like three questions. Now, I think it's a bit fair on your part because you might have thought I was dead and you thought that your 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 mailbag question would have been sending to a dead man, which is fine. But the fact that I may have been dead and I didn't get any uh, any messages in the counterpoint mailbag, would you care that I died? It's a little messed up on your part. A little messed up. I don't like it one bit. So next week, just be better. Uh, it's it's counterpointmailbag at gmail.com for your counterpoint mailbag questions. So I don't want to rip you, but in order for the show to, to to progress, I need some strong takes or some some smart questions, the important questions that I can answer for you. So uh, all right. This is from Jack Cole, who's a, a frequent emailer. Um Colin Coward stated at one point that Wentz will be a bust. And now he's been saying that he knew all along that Wentz was the guy that would lead the Eagles to the promised land. Colin is a fraud and can suck it. It's a fair, it's a fair assessment. Yeah, Colin goes back and forth. You know, at some points he's like all bored the Eagles thing. And then some points it's like the Eagles fans are dumbasses and, and all that. And uh, whatever. And he asked me a serious question because I mean, who doesn't love a serious question on the Counterpoint podcast? Do you think the Eagles defense will hold up? I think the Eagles defense is a good defense. I struggle to see them as an all-time defense. I think they could win a, like I just I don't think I'm going to move off the whole I can see them winning a playoff game, but I can't see them really advancing much further than that. It's just where I'm at. I until the defense shows that they, you know, they've they they they've been in a bit of a funk for the last three games and still until they come out and have a really dominant game against a pretty good team. A pretty good offense in the last couple of weeks. Like it's just I I can't fully get there yet. Which I don't know. I don't think it's I don't think that's very fair. Um okay. Moving on. This is from at Joel Embiid seventy six seventy six. Um actually two questions from Joel Embiid. It's crazy. I'm glad that he's a listener, but um let's just say all the division winners are left in the divisional round. Are you more afraid of the Rams or the Saints? Uh, I am more afraid of the Rams and I, I just don't get the Saints thing. Like, I think the Saints are a fine football team, but that defense is Fugazi. That defense is, is a total fraud. It's like the Cowboys defense last year. Everyone's like, oh, they're not that bad. Nah, like, play a real defense or play a real offense and you'll see that Saints defense give it up a little bit. So I'm, I'm more worried of the Rams because I think if, 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 if Nick Foles starts that game against the Rams, they probably lose it. And they just went to Seattle and won 42-7, which I don't know if you know this, but the Eagles lost to Seattle 24-10, which concerns me a little bit. Uh, I think McVay's a fantastic coach. I don't think the Eagles had a had a, an answer for Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley was going off, and then and then Sean, uh, Sean McVay, for some reason, just went away from him. Like He had 13 touches for like 90-some yards, and that was it. And then he didn't go back to him at all, which was asinine and borderline incompetent. But... I don't think the Rams made the same mistake in 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 the playoffs, and if they had to come here, I really don't have a problem if either one of these teams has to come here. Uh, I don't think Jared Goff will play well here at all. It's just a gut feeling of mine. And the Saints never been that great on the road until they, of course, played us in the in the playoffs uh, three years, four years ago. 
Um, I would be more afraid of the Rams. I think the Rams defense has a shot. And I think Wade Phillips is a, is an advanced coordinator and one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. And I think McVay can do enough on offense to where it be, uh, cause some problems for us. And plus they'd probably have Robert Woods back and he would probably torch us with slant routes and slant routes and slant routes. I've, seriously watching that game, that Giants game, I felt like I was watching a Billy Davis fucking defense again. And I never want to see a Billy Davis defense ever again. Billy Davis kept me up at night and I felt like it was PTSD watching watching all those slant routes and the guys playing ten like ten yards off guys. I I don't know why cornerbacks <laughs> play so far off guys. That's I it's probably me being football dumb and there's definitely an explanation for it. I just never get it <laughs> at all. The, the the ten yards off and, and that kind of stuff just drives me up a wall. Uh so I would be more worried about the Rams than the Saints. That's a lot of people are, are talking to the Saints. I don't I don't fully get it, but uh, that's fine. And the other one from Joel Embiid. Thanks for listening, Joel. Um, besides Wentz, if you can get one player off of IR, who would it be? So I think there's only really two options here, and that would be Jason Peters or Jordan Hicks. And for me personally, it would be Jordan Hicks. Now, I know a lot of people would say Jason Peters, and that's fine. I mean, Peters is important, but I think Vita is serviceable if you have whiz to his right. I don't think Najee Good is a serviceable player. Najee Good is a is a below average linebacker in this league, and the fact that he has to play so much is is the one indictment of Howie Roseman's offseason. Now he he covered up a lot of holes in this Eagles team, but the the depth at linebacker with Jordan Hicks, who seems to be hurt every single year, and two out of his three years he's missed, uh, he's ended up having to be out for the season, and not having really competent backups is is a major problem. And Joe Walker can't play. Joe Walker's he 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 sucks. Joe Walker is a bad football player. Najee Good is almost as bad. And Michael Kendricks can't cover anyone. Kendricks has had a nice bounce back season, but he still can't cover anyone. So I would bring back Jordan Hicks because I think Jordan Hicks is the difference between this team, this defense being a good defense and a great defense. And I don't think we saw it for the first couple of, of weeks post Jordan Hicks, but I think teams are starting to figure that out. And it's really starting to worry me a little bit. Uh, I just think he covers up so much in the middle. He can cover tight ends. And really, it just keeps Malcolm Jenkins at safety where he's been unbelievable. Literally, the only times Malcolm Jenkins has ever struggled has been when he has to come in and be a slot cornerback or play Suedo linebacker. Like, it's 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 not great. So, um, for me, it would, be, uh, it would be Jordan Hicks. Now, this one comes from Nick Nemeroff. I think I'm saying that right. Who is a tennis writer. So... That was an interesting follow when I got the follow. A tennis writer. Interesting. I mean, respected. I used to play tennis. Now, I gained a little bit of weight and became super slow and wasn't as good as tennis. But tennis, I think, is an underrated sport. It's a good exercise. And shows hand-eye coordination. And it's like a it's like a really good fuck-you sport. Like, baseball, I think, is the ultimate fuck-you sport. Well, pitching. Or hitting. I mean, hitting is the same thing. But pitching... It's like, oh, here, try to hit this fastball. I'm just going to blow it right by you and, like, fuck you. I think tennis is kind of the same way. Like, let me just slam this serve by you and whatever. But that's enough tennis talk for this podcast. Thanks for the follow, Nick Nemeroff. And thank you for the counterpoint question. If the Eagles make the NFC Championship, is there logic in them wanting to face the Vikings? Pressure of being one game from a home Super Bowl. So I don't think this Vikings team really feels pressure. I just sort of trust them in the in in cold weather, tough playoff environments because I think they can run the ball well. 
I think Case gets the ball out quickly. Like, tell me you aren't already having nightmares of Adam Thielen going for like 200 yards against this Eagles defense in the with those fucking slant routes that are going to keep you up at night. Like Adam Thielen is already it's it's I'm already getting flashbacks to Joe Jaravicious, even though it's literally one one reception, but that kind of play because I think he would just do that. All game long against us, and Stephon Diggs would go deep, and whatever. I think they'd be fine taking away Stephon Diggs, but Adam Thielen is would is is already. I'm already having dreams about uh, sweaty dreams about Adam Thielen against this Eagles defense. But I think there is some pressure between being the first uh, home Super Bowl uh, contestant. But I don't, I don't, I don't think the Vikings will would falter because of that. In my in my personal personal opinion. So this Friday is the We Were Right Before Christmas party. And for a little bit of cross-promotion here, I figured I'd bring on the one and only Spike Eskin, a.k.a. also my boss. So this is a little interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Spike. Yeah. Are you being... Are you, is this on your job time? This is not on your job no, time. No, this is off the clock. Okay. All right, but I've been here sure. since 4.30. Okay. So, okay. I mean, all technically right. I'm still on the clock. Okay. Um, so I figured, you know, I hear that you have some Brian Colangelo relationship advice for an Eagles fan that may or may not have a podcast on BGN Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got this, This obviously we got this Brian Colangelo relationship advice, but because it was Eagles-centric, we thought it might be better on this podcast. Right, of course. So let me read it to you. Hi, Spike. So I have this weird Eagles fan thing in me where I can only go out with a girl if she is either completely oblivious about the Eagles and doesn't care about the outcomes of the games or the future of the team, or she's all in, either one or the other. Anything in the middle is a nightmare scenario for me and my Eagles disease. I'm, I'm recently engaged to a girl who couldn't care less about the Eagles, which, again, is perfect for me. And the other night we were out to dinner when she told me that, quote, Nick Foles is good for a backup. I tried to play it cool, but deep down inside, my stomach was churning. I need help. Should I call off the engagement because of the recent incident or bury it and hope she never brings up the Eagles again? Thanks. Wow. Yeah. I mean, who would would ever do that? I don't know who this is. Um, Boy, that sounds like a—I mean, the writer of this email— Sounds like he's really troubled because he really doesn't think Nick Foles is good for a backup. Would you ever trust this guy to be an employee of yours? <laughs> well, it looks like I have no choice now. Um, well, so are you? Are we gonna? Should I? I mean, should I give I my mean, advice? Do you here, think? Or? Do you think that he should call off this engagement that they've been dating for eight and a half years, and all of a sudden she comes in with this bombshell out of nowhere with this hot take that everything's fine? Nick Foles is here. There's two things to this. I think okay. there's there's two separate issues. The first issue is Nick Foles, right? right. And obviously the writer of this email does not think Nick Foles is good, and that's troubling. Sure. Right. The second thing is it appears as if this this uh, lovely um, fiancé yeah. of this the writer of the email might be delving into the exact middle part of Eagles fandom— that this person fears, the aware and maybe interested in a casual level, but doesn't really care that much. We're trend. It, it seems like it's a trend. We're trending towards the middle, right? And as Which we is the learned, worst time. as we learned in your podcast, yep. no one wants to be in the middle, right? That's the truth, especially now. And I'll I'll tell you, in my relationship, my wife, then girlfriend, was once all in on the Sixers. Loved Iggy and Drew Holiday and Thaddeus Young and all those guys. 
And then they traded all those guys, and she went completely out. And which which side did you prefer? I preferred when she was all in because okay. it made it easier for me to watch the games. Eagles is different. It's once a week. Once it's a week. 16 games, 82 games. I think I would tell the writer of this email, whoever that person is, yes. and I have no idea who that person is, no idea at all. I would say that this, I, I would not cut off the engagement, but I would have a real talk. A sit-down conversation. A real sit-down conversation. Like either the, the, the either you're in or you're out conversation. Well, I would be like, hey... I'm really glad you showed an interest in the Eagles. Well, because it shows she cares about the you writer about. of the email. Right, right. Because she tried to show interest. Now, what will happen eventually, I've been with my wife eight years now. Eventually, those sorts of things she will stop feigning interest in. This will fade. If, if she doesn't actually care about the Eagles, this will fade. That's the other thing. You can just wait it out. So if you're looking for more of this fantastic Brian <laughs> Colangelo relationship advice, they can come to We Were Right Before Christmas Party. Friday night. Friday night at the Underground Arts, which is Callow Hill and what? 12th and Callow Hill. Tickets are $18. Does this podcast come out today, Wednesday? It's going to come out tomorrow. Okay. So tickets will still be 18 bucks on Thursday, and then they go to 20 bucks on Friday. So you're going to want to get them yeah. when they're 18 bucks. Yeah. And if, you, and if you see this said maybe engaged person, whoever that may be, they may be at the We Are Right Before Christmas. Maybe, maybe, maybe come on to them and say what they should do because it seems like the writer of this email is in a bit of a, a perplexed situation. Right, it's a tough spot, really tough spot. It sounds like. <laughs> All right, thanks, Blake. All I'll right. see you Friday. Yeah, all right, Jeff. All right, before we get out of here, and thank you to Spike asking for joining me for that very important relationship advice. That guy sounds like he has some serious, uh, deep problems. And maybe Mark Eckel told him that one time. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, uh, let's get into what's the line saying. So last week, I was wrong, which is fine. Uh, they won the game. That's all that really matters. So uh, definitely didn't read the line completely right. It seemed like they were making it pretty big uh, with a back quarterback. But also, like, the Eagles defense was was ass. So, uh, so speaking of bad defenses, the Eagles are playing another bad defense in the Oakland Raiders this weekend. And honestly... Uh, Nick Foles may set the record once again, or may tie the record. Eh, well, unless Chip Kelly's a, a douchebag again, he could set the record. He'd go for eight touchdowns because that's what he does against the Raiders. The Raiders' defense is just an abomination. And their one good defensive player is Khalil Mack, who is, of course, fantastic. Um, he's fantastic. But he's going against Lane Johnson this week. And remember, remember before the season, oh, is Lane Johnson going to be the same player if he's not on steroids? Well, those takes uh, age horribly, predictably, because he wasn't really on steroids. He was on things where he thought was approved by the NFL and whatever. The NFL is all corrupt, whatever. The line on this weekend's game is up to nine. And, like, nine with a backup quarterback is just insane. Yeah, maybe you should stop saying backup quarterback. Nine with a fringe starter is pretty insane. But I think the Eagles' offense, is it, it obviously didn't miss a beat against a bad defense in, in the Giants. But I think what they're trying to do here is they're trying to get you to bet on the Eagles. And I think they're kind of trapping you into taking the Eagles a little bit. And I think the Raiders are actually going to cause some problems against the Eagles defense because Derek Carr is the only only quarterback in the league that gets the ball out quicker than, than Eli Manning, which, as we saw on Sunday, is a bit of a problem. So if I had to worry about one thing, it's that freaking slant, slant route again. Like, oh, my God. It, Billy, D- Billy Davis defense is back, and I'm going to start drinking heavily. But um, 
the Raiders do the same kind of thing with getting the ball out quickly. I think they'll do the same thing against the Eagles defense. So for that, I think it's going to be a closer game than a lot of people think. And I think the Eagles are going to win by a touchdown. I don't think they're going to cover the spread. And I think that they're going to keep raising this line more and more because they want you to bet on the Eagles. But I think the Raiders are the play here. So for the first time in a while, in a while, the line is telling me that to bet on the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are going to win. I think they're coming west to east. It's on Christmas. They have nothing to play for, and they've been dead for a couple weeks, even though their record isn't that bad. But, like, they're not going to want to play on Christmas. They're not going to want to be in Philadelphia on what might... Eh, I think it's actually going to be in the 50s on a semi-cold night uh, on Christmas away from their families on the East Coast uh, on a Monday night. I just don't... I, I don't see that exactly playing out well for the Oakland Raiders. I just think the line's a little bit too big, and I think they keep trying to make you bet on the Eagles, but I think the Raiders are actually the play, and I think it's going to be a close game and maybe some backdoor cover action if I had to guess. But that's what the line's telling me. And the, the line's what's the line been saying? It's been pretty good. Now, the Eagles have also been pretty good, so it's it's coincide with that. But if I had to, if I was betting on this game, which I'm not going to do because I learned my lesson two weeks ago that you don't bet on the Eagles games. It's 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 nightmare scenario. I would bet on the Oakland Raiders. But that doesn't mean the Eagles aren't going to win. I think they're going to buy a touchdown. So it's all going to be okay. And I'll talk to you next week after another Eagles victory. This is what, your second record, and it's the song you wrote. Uh, yes, I write my